You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Better Man Podcast. My name's Adam Tarno. Today on the podcast, we got my buddy, Darren Kinder. Darren and I know each other. We've known each other a few years. Our boys play some baseball together. Uh, he's here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so it was great. I got to have him in studio, which we don't always get to do with our guests, to have him in studio. So it was really fun to have him here with me. Uh, Darren is a Secret Service agent. Right, that's what he does right now, full time. He's got a really cool job, and uh, maybe the first one I've ever met. So, like, he wears the suits and the ties and the cool shirts and the amazing sunglasses. And I'm just kicking myself that I didn't ask him ask him about his sunglasses collection because I'm sure it's just epic because those guys have the best sunglasses. But anyway, he's got a story of survival because he, at that point in his career with Secret Service. On 9-11-2001, he was in New York City, and not just in New York City, he was actually there at the Twin Towers and has a uh, pretty remarkable story to share. Uh, Now that he's looking back on it, depending on when you're listening to this, we're either nearing or we've just passed the 22-year anniversary from 9-11, and he has so many teachable moments and lessons that he's learned and some great metaphors from things that he experienced that day that are applicable to us as followers of Jesus and guys trying to be God's man in this world. So uh, it's a treat. You're going to love it. You're going to, again, wish that this story was two hours long or this episode was two hours long. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy getting to know my buddy, Darren Kinder. Well, Darren, welcome to the Better Man Podcast. I'm really looking forward to today's conversation. You are in studio with me because we're both here in the Dallas area. That's right, Adam. Thanks. Uh, yeah. So we'll let our audience know. You and I know each other. We've been friends for a couple years now because mm-hmm. our boys play baseball together. And so uh, that's how we first met. And then Holford said, hey, you need to you need to make sure you talk to Darren and hear his story. And Did he you said know? the same thing to me. That's right. And well, your story's way cooler than mine. So he said, you know, he's in the Secret Service. And I just remember going, okay, that's pretty cool. And then he talked about how you were uh, up in New York on 9-11, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. But uh, I remember when he said you're in the Secret Service, I thought, oh, that's pretty awesome. And I don't think I really know exactly <laughs> what the Secret Service does. So uh, when you and I had lunch to get ready for today, that was one of the first questions I asked you. So clear up the air here for some of our friends so we can all sound smart at parties right. or around our right. families. Uh, the history of the Secret Service is what? The history of the Secret Service is what? Well, uh, it's a it's a dual mission agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, our bread and butter, what we're known for, is that that protective mission. You know, protecting the president and the vice president, um, uh, foreign heads of state when they when they visit the country and and, and several others. Uh, but the the other side of the mission um, that is not as well known as it, we do in cr- criminal investigations as well, yeah. mostly financial based crimes, money laundering, counterfeit money, uh, credit card fraud, those kinds of things. Yeah. So it's like, it is almost, it feels like two completely opposite things because it's put your life on the line over here right? and over here, let's look at a lot of spreadsheets and try to take down some crime rings every once in a while. <laughs> right, right, right. I'll give you one guess as to which one I'm better at. It's not the spreadsheets really, but uh, you're, it is, it is two completely different worlds. And uh, because of that, um, we look for very special people, unique people to, to fulfill that mission. And yeah. it's, it's not easy, but... It's a good place to be. Yeah. And what I didn't know, what you told me was the f- the second mission that you talked about is where it really started, right? That it started somewhere after the Civil War right, because of right. what was going on with counterfeit money in right. the country. A- 1865, it was established uh, to to combat counterfeit counterfeit currency. Yeah. I think it, gosh, I haven't said this, this stat in a while, but I think one out of, 
Uh, no, seven out of every $10 in circulation were counterfeit at the time, uh, immediately after the Civil War. So uh, ironically, it was President Lincoln's last bill that he signed into law uh, was the bill establishing the, um, the U.S. Secret Service. And then I think, I believe days later, you know, ironically, he was, he was assassinated. Yeah. But we would not pick up that protective mission until, until about the turn of the century. Okay. That's right. so interesting. I mean, I'd like to have been a fly on the wall during that meeting to go, okay, because uh, who was it Taft that was in, was assassinated? Or who was the president that got that? Uh, McKinley. McKinley. Okay. Yep. So McKinley. I hope I have my history right. Yeah. So uh, to just go, okay, we need, we need to add this level uh, of security for president, vice president, other heads of state. Who's going to do it? <laughs> you know, right. Just go, Secret Service. Oh, they kind of money busy. guys. Sure, sure. <laughs> it makes perfect there. sense. That does. Well, anyway, that's just fascinating. So that's good trivia. We're all, we're all guys that listen to this, so we love trivia. And so now, sure. next time we do trivia night, we'll know uh, the history of the Secret Service. So I love that. But, um, but really, we brought you on here today because you do have an amazing story of survival to talk about some things that you learned uh, you know, now, now that it's been almost 22 years since 9-11 mm, and some things that have, as you've gotten farther and farther away from that, uh, that, that day, some things that you've learned that apply to your walk with Jesus right now and the way that you seek to lead and love your family and those around you. So, um, let's do this. I just, why don't we just set up some context? Like why were you in New York city on September 11th, 2001. What was going on in your career at that point that had you up there? Yeah, uh, at the time I was uh, what I call a baby agent. Uh, I was young and dumb, 27 years old, uh, maybe a year and a half on the job. Okay. And uh, men, and I was assigned to the New York field office, which was for field office, the largest field office, uh, at least at that time in the country. Um, so yeah, I was there. I had uh, started in, in February of 2000. So like I said, about a year and a half, my wife and I were, were living there. We were uh, fairly newly married, no mm-hmm. kids, living the urban life. Um, I couldn't believe it ended up doing 10 years there. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I was assigned to New York field office doing that investigative role. But New York being what New York is, uh, Secret Service protectees are always coming in and out of New York City. Yeah. So it was a perfect place, perfect, perfect training ground. Um for the job because yeah. you were doing investigations and protection and protection. All the so time. you got to do both missions. It exactly. wasn't just one Perfect. or the other. And so you all that morning when the first, when the first plane hit the tower, you, you were in one of the adjacent towers. Is that correct? That's right. Our office was in seven world trade center. Okay. So that was the third largest building in the complex, uh, directly across the street on the North side from, uh, from world trade one, the, the North tower. Yeah. yeah. So just, just take us from there. So you had just yeah. gotten done working out, right? Mm-hmm. You guys were, that was your thing in the morning. You work out. What time is it? What's going on? And let's go from there. That first impact, if I have my, uh, my memory correct, is 8.46 mm-hmm. uh, a.m. So I was in the gym and had just finished uh, getting dressed or whatever. And the, the, the odd part is we were all wearing suits that day. Oddly enough, uh, contrary to what people believe, we don't always walk around, you know, uh, like monkeys in suits, right? <laughs> with the cool um, sunglasses. Exactly, with the cool sunglasses. But we had a huge meeting that day, a, a planning meeting for a big event that was going to happen in a few weeks. So mostly all of us were wearing suits. And yeah. and um, when we were told to evacuate and you know make a long story short, I mean, there's a really long version of this story, yeah. obviously, that we're not going to cover uh, all of that today. But to make a lot, I'll just abbreviate some things. We just, you know, we, we evacuated, we got outside and ri- I'm right there on Vesey street looking up, uh, at the North tower, the North side of the North tower. And that were, that was where the, the, mm-hmm. the first, you know, plane impacted seeing the flames pouring out. And, um, 
I knew right then it was game on. Yeah. It was, I knew what I, I don't, I don't know if it was my training. I don't know if, in, if it was instincts or what, but I knew that wasn't an accident. Yeah. I knew yeah. they had, you know, a terrorist, you know, many years earlier and tried to take down the towers before with the car bomb. And for, in my mind right away, uh, it wasn't a holy response. I was response. I was angry. I was fired yeah. up. Uh, but I knew it was time to, it was time to go to work. Yeah. And that's interesting. So if you go down to Atlanta, Georgia, I'm, I also had just gotten done doing some things that morning, getting out of the shower, radio on, and the DJs just said, hey, if you're near a television, turn it on. There's some something dramatic going on right. in New York. And so I'm watching the Today Show or something like that after, so this would have been shortly after, maybe right around nine o'clock. Okay. And everybody from that perspective, what we were hearing, didn't have the same instincts as you. We were kind of like, oh, that's so tragic, a commercial something must have happened with right. a commercial liner and all that kind of stuff. And then when we were watching, obviously a few minutes later, the, the second plane hits and you knew, okay, this was something very different. So, right. so game on at that point, um, you're in your suit. This is not what you expected that morning to look like. <laughs> not, no ordinary day. Yeah. That's for sure. And so what, what do you remember? What, what happened next after you looked up and saw that? So a bunch of us, a bunch of my colleagues, we were all out on the street we just decided to do the next thing. You know, that's part of my, my story, my testimony for this day is, uh, and in my opinion, in the Christian walk mm -hmm. is sometimes you just got to do the next thing. What's the next thing in front of you? You may not know how it's all going to turn out. You may not know, as in my case, all the facts of yeah. the situation. Yeah. Um, but you know what, when confronted with an issue, with a problem, when there's, when there's pain, when there's suffering going on, when there's hurt, sometimes you just got to do the next thing. And, and somebody's idea, I can't remember who said, Hey, why don't we get these, uh, first aid trauma kits, these huge first aid kits that we had for work, uh, and start rendering some first aid, you know, nothing, nothing fancy, just standard first responder based training. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, a bunch of guys got those, uh, what we call fat kits. We got those. We, uh, we saw where there were ambulances and, and so forth marshalling on the West side highway. We all just ran those over there and we just started, we got, we went to work we mm. started working first aid standard stuff on people. Um, I was, uh, I remember for me, I was focused on this woman's arm. She, her, her arm was badly, uh, badly burned. I was wrapping it. There was a paramedic over my shoulder. He was yelling at me, telling me what I was doing wrong. You know, <laughs> no, you need to do this. And, um, and at that moment, bam, you know, mm. the world exploded again. And yeah. that, that was the second impact. And the people that you were rendering aid to were those people that were, had come out of the tower. Cause it, it, that probably wouldn't happen up there on the whatever floor right. my, hit on. my impression there was that um, those were people on the street okay. pedestrians on the street that had been wounded injured in some way yeah, yes that's right okay. i mean there was falling debris burning debris yeah you know uh, jet fuel falling from the sky on fire all yeah. kinds of things just harrowing yeah so okay so now uh second second plane hits talk me through yeah, that what, i mean where, where do you remember i'm danger close i mean i'm I'm less than a hundred yards probably from the base of that tower. Yeah. And if you remember the second plane came in a lot lower, yeah. that's why it was the first to collapse later. And, um, but I was so focused on this woman's arm that I never, uh, I never saw, saw the plane. I never even heard the plane. Hmm. Think about it. A 737 yeah. low, low altitude screaming in, but I was so focused on what I was doing. And then this massive explosion and we all just scattered. I mean, I looked up and just, you know, we've all seen that image yep. because that was a second impact. Was Everyone was, was tuned in. Yeah. Everyone was tuned in and man, we just all scattered like ants. Um, and at that point, uh, I was with two other agents and, uh, one of them, um, my friend Tom said, you know, we need to, uh, we need to go in the world trade center and, and help people get out. Hmm. And so not having a better idea, 
That was uh, the next thing. That was the next thing. What, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, and, and it's, I hate to use the word funny, but it's so, it's, it's just odd to me that uh, the rest of my day, I did not know that two 737s had slammed into these buildings. Hmm. I thought they were bombs. I thought some, I heard someone say a plane. I didn't, I never put it all together. Um, so ignorance is bliss, I guess. Yeah. Um, um, had I known the full situation, you know what, maybe I had, maybe I would not have done yeah. everything that I ended up doing. But for that moment right there, the three of us, we, uh, we ran across the street and we entered into the, to the lobby of the World Trade Center. Okay. In the second tower or into the first one? Do you uh, remember? Right in the, kind of in the middle, the, okay. the, the adjoining lobby in the middle, but okay. we ended up go, drifting to the left and we end up in, in the, in the lobby level of tower one, the North okay. tower. Yeah. So, and I love that parallel that you're making there again of one of those things that you've learned as you look back on it now of just like, Hey, I'm going to just do the next thing. Right. And that a lot of times we don't need the full context to just go do the next thing. When you see somebody hurting, you see something going on, uh, you know, literal or metaphorical, somebody hurting emotionally or somebody hurting mm -hmm. physically, you just, you just go towards that action. You, you just go and and do that and you don't need all the details all the time to do Enter it in. you may not know you may be fully equipped yeah to handle that situation whether mm. it's physical emotional whatever it may yeah. spiritual yeah you may already be fully equipped by the lord to, to handle and to address help address at least yeah. that situation yeah and so you're god's man in that situation and we just said all right let's go and Here we let's go. do this so now you're in the lobby and are you all finding your way over to stairwells to yeah to we, start we found up? a stairwell there was one stairwell that we found where there was a steady stream of people quite calmly actually evacuating okay and we just started running up that stairwell uh really not with a plan uh just to help people we encountered a woman about on the 10th floor or so uh she was um uh, she was grossly overweight. She, I mean, she was just, she was spent, you mm -hmm. know, she just could not evacuate herself anymore. And that was one of the images that's still striking to me today is that a steady stream of normal everyday people just walking right by her. Mm. She is slumped in the corner and they're walking by her. And it just hit me. I, I believe the Holy Spirit just stopped me in my tracks yeah. and said, this is it. Right. So, uh, I sent the other two that I was with, I said, you guys keep going, look for others. I'm going to I'm going to help this woman get down. And okay. I picked her up and I quickly realized I couldn't do it myself. And yeah. I grabbed another random passerby literally by the collar and said, Hey, help me. And, uh, we got her down uh, down to the, to the le bottom level there, handed her off to some paramedics. And then I went back up trying to look for, trying to look for my guys. Yeah. Um, a lot of my uh, story, honestly, from that point on, a lot of my motivation of my story is trying to find my guys. Interesting. Trying to find my colleagues, trying to find, trying to work in a team yeah. dynamic. And so as men, um, one of the avenues to being a better man is being a better man with a brother on your yeah. left and a brother on your right. And, yep. and that's what this ministry preaches. And that's uh, one of the things I love about it. Yeah. Uh, doing all these things alone, you could be effective, but it's such a force multiplier when you're yeah. doing it with your guys. That's amazing. I love that. I love that. So you, you, did you make it past the 10th floor the second time? You I got up to about the 30th, you okay. know, it's all kind of hazy, right? Yeah. I, not, I got up to about the 30th when I saw a door open and I went in that door and, uh, uh it was an image I'll never forget, which is the hallway was lined with New York city firefighters and they were beaten and bloodied and burned. And like, like you could tell they had been in the fight, right. Yeah. And, and they were re-equipping or resting. And, um, I asked them if they had teen, seen two secret service agents running around and they, to my surprise, they said they did, but they didn't know which way they went. And so, um, at that point I decided to go back down. I had no comms. I had yeah. no way of communicating. I decided to go back down and look for them uh, or, or others uh, yeah. at the, at the lobby level. But, uh, I, I, I can't skip over this one part. Um, 
you know, the last thing I heard as I was entering that stairwell is I heard their fire commander say, all right, boys, get up. We're going back up. Hmm. I, it's it kind of haunts me to this yeah. day that I, I don't know what happened to those, uh, to that, to that group of firefighters, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they're part of the 343, the 343 New York City firefighters that died that day. Which is a staggering number because uh, I've, I've heard you tell a little bit of your story and when you said that number the first time I heard it, it was kind of record scratch because it was like, hold on, what? How many? Mm-hmm. You know, because again, where we were and where I was, this this was like almost, you know, I hate to say it, like watching a movie or something right. in, in some ways because it was happening on our television and that's where we were right. watching it. And then to think, now that I've got friends in uh, fire and rescue right now, it's like, oh my gosh, 300 and some odd. Right. That's bigger than most cities like right. what most cities have. I mean, and all the, those are men and women that answered the bell. Yep. That ran to the, ran to the guns, uh, metaphorically. Uh, it's, it's over 400, I, I believe it's 421, forgive me if I'm wrong, but 421 first responders uh, yeah. overall. Um, I just, it, whatever I do moving forward as it relates to any of this in, in, in my ministry, I always want to honor those men and women. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And they, they deserve it. So, um, okay, so... Those first 30 floors, you didn't see any other, anything else like the woman that needed the help. And so you helped somebody. Now you're back down on the floor, on the ground, still right. looking for your friends in some still ways. Still looking right? for my guys. Yeah. Uh, what happened down there? Did you find them right away? Did other events uh, take I went you other outside, places? I went outside of the complex. I was on the corner, uh, not the corner, but I was halfway down the block on, on Church Street and uh, about midway through the, uh, at the World Trade Center complex. And I heard a high screen, high screeching metal on metal kind of sound. And I look, I was talking to an NYPD officer. I looked up and that's when I saw the, the top of tower two buckle and, and start to come down. And, um, I was, you know, maybe a hundred yards or less from the base. And my first instant thought was I'm dead. And my second thought, which I believe now was the Holy spirit was run. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and I ran, um, I was pretty fast at that time, but uh, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna outrun that, you know? Yeah. And, um, I started running across the street and there was a fire truck I was going to slide under, uh, for safety. I, I, I thought about it and I kept running and I, there was a, a donut cart, like a coffee cart there yep. next to a truck. I was going to get under that for safety, but I just kept running. And at that point, you know, just large pieces of debris falling all around me, bam, bam, bam. And then, and then, and then day became night, you know, that cloud, that massive cloud that doesn't look as violent on TV as it was. It just sounded like a freight train barreling down my neck. Hmm. And uh, bam, that cloud just hit me. Day became night. I started staggering. I mean, my my eyes, my mouth, my ears instantly just filled with pulverized concrete and so forth. And um, really, really difficult. But I had to keep running because there was still, at that time, this is all seconds, Adam, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm surprised you remember at that much, no, yeah. you know, of like what was going very, on. I thought about this, vivid. thought about that, because this was vivid. all happening so fast. Yeah, this is all seconds. And uh, at that time, I'm still running because the stuff is still falling within a few more seconds. I'm out of that, you know, area where there's large chunks of debris, sounded like cars falling out of the sky, essentially. And I start to walk and, um, just in the, in the darkness. And, um, and that's when I saw the strangest thing. I I looked out the the corner of my left eye and I saw sunlight Hmm. and I was like, there it is. Get Hmm. out. You know, that's, that's my out. Let's let's get out of here. And I, I stagger across the street and I'm looking, I realize I'm looking up a very narrow alley. I'm looking North at the end of the other alley is, is, is sunlight. And, um, <clears throat> although that storm cloud was, was violent, once it settled on you, it was like a blanket that suffocated all noise. And the one vivid remem- memory I have of it is, uh, cries in the darkness, hmm. P 
people yelling, people calling out, I can't see, I'm hurt, somebody help me, where am I? So Zing, so as uh, my plan was to escape this darkness and you know go to the go to the light at the end of the um, at the end of the alley, but I just stopped and I think uh, I wasn't thinking about it at the time, honestly. But I think the Lord just turned me around and said, "No, you know, be a be a beacon here." And I started yeah. yelling at the top of my voice, you know, uh, screaming, "Follow the sound of my voice. There's light this way. Hmm. Come to come to my voice. Come to my voice. Come to my voice." And as these these people would make their way to me, I would shoot them up the alley towards the sunlight. Say, "Go, go, go." Um, <clears throat> And is that not, is that I mean, not, the imagery is so rich. I mean, yeah. I mean, everybody I mean, listening is going, okay, that sounds like. Most of your listeners yeah. are pretty smart, right? They know where I'm going with this. Although yeah. it took me 10 years for the Lord to reveal it That's to me. That's awesome. But um, isn't that the beautiful metaphor for, our, really for our job as men, especially as Christian men in yeah. this culture, in this dark culture, uh, to, to be the man. It wasn't what I was doing at the time. It wasn't what I was thinking. But metaphorically, to be the man standing in the alley, pointing people to the light, yeah, pointing, pointing people to, to Jesus. Yep. Um, uh, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of mm-hmm. life. That is Jesus. That's John eight. That's and we're we need to be directing people to that. So that's yeah. one of the things in my ministry. I try to challenge men. Men, what are you doing uh, to be an ambassador of light, an ambassador of Christ uh, in this world? Um, how are you making an impact for Christ? We should, we're, we're ambassadors. We're a representation of. Yeah. And we need to be introducing at every turn. We need to be introducing people to Jesus, and that's that looks, amazing. looks well, differently for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, well, praise God for that uh, quiet voice and your obedience to that, because, yeah, that is a rich imagery, and I love so much about it, because it wasn't like you weren't saying, come to me, I've, mm-hmm. I've got, you're going, hey, follow this, and now it's over there. Follow right. this, now it's over there, and so, yeah, that, you know, what is it, the old, like, I'm just one beggar showing another beggar where, where the bread is found. Yep. And so in that instance, it's, Hey, I found this light. I'm just showing you where this, this get out of this domain of darkness right now, uh, over into this kingdom of light. So Absolutely. that really, that's amazing. Okay. So you're over there. Uh, did you, you know, again, as best as you can remember, was that you're there for 15 minutes calling? Is that five minutes? Yeah, is it hard gosh, to tell? Time is time yeah. is so distorted in yeah. all of that. Um, when I read the 9-11 timeline now, I'm like, wow, that all happened? And that, you know, because they yeah. have these timeline events, you can see, oh, um, uh, maybe five, five, five to minutes. ten minutes. Yeah. I think maybe a dozen, 15 people maybe made their way to okay. me. Okay, that's um, cool. And so then did you kind of at the end of the end of the line is that the alley where you went up to go find some light or where'd you go uh, next? the light was gone by the time i was done doing okay. that and I, I hunkered down into this little uh looked like a little storage room in the alley for a little bit until that cloud kind of dissipated and then i made my way out um and so the just for speed of the speed of the story here there's a lot of madness and, and craziness that happened between the two collapses but to to fast forward through that i mean just some of the worst thing like i carried a person down the down the sidewalk whose femur was just sticking out of mm-hmm. his leg, like putting him in a shopping cart and me and another guy pushing him down. I mean, just yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, but fast forward all of that, you know, I'm at the same corner, uh, the same midway block of the, of the same intersection. Um, when I hear the, I don't know what led me back there, but I, there I was at the, at the complex again, when I heard that same sound, that same screeching sound and, I was like, you know, I may be young and dumb, but I know what that is. I'm out of here, right? Yeah. I got a head start. I, I, I got, I started running uh, quicker, you know, before it started collapsing. But again, that same, the collapsed, those pancaking floors, just each one getting louder, mm. that freight train of that second cloud. And I was like, are you kidding me? Here we go again. But 
uh, I was able to just shoulder my way through a revolving door. I ended up in the lobby of a bank just as that cloud uh, kind of overtook me. And do you remember, were you alone in there? Uh, no, was, there were other, other people in the bank. Yeah. Here's a cool part of the story. I, I fall down on the floor. I'm looking up at the, at the ceiling and I hear my last name. What? I hear, I hear Kender. And I look up and there's two of my dudes. There's two of my no guys. No way. Now, two different guys yeah. from previously, but two Secret Service colleagues of mine. And I was like, I so just, not the two that you originally went into right, the tower with. Right, two different with. guys. Yeah. And did you, I mean, I have to jump ahead. Did you eventually find those two guys? Uh, we never linked up the rest of that day, but they did make it but out. But they did make it out. Yeah, they okay, have, good, they have such a really cool, compelling story as well. Yeah, well, um, but these hook, guys, hook us up. We'll bring them on the Better Man yeah, podcast. Exactly. We'll turn this into just exactly. a recounting of 9-11 <laughs> stories from Secret Service perspective. But um, Yeah, and so, I, I, so there was wind in my sails. Yes. So you found your dudes. Yeah, you found, found two guys. I was, I was with my guys okay. now. And we were like, all right, we, 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 de- we developed a team right there. We waited about 10 minutes for that cloud to dissipate. We got about, I don't know, I guess five, six, seven uh, men all right there. We're like, all right, let's go. Search party. Let's go. Come on. And, and so now, now we went back out. Adam to the same darn intersection. That's where all my, <laughs> everything in my story back. happens. Everything's like a yo-yo back to that same spot. There's something there. I see that imagery of the bank and just, I can think about times in my life when I'm at my lowest, whatever, right? If I go back to uh, days when I'm single and you just feel like you're struggling with something and you, you confess it mm-hmm. and you see other guys there going, all right, uh, I'm with you too. And that yep. energy that can come back when you realize in the midst of this darkness, I'm not alone and how that does put a pep in your step. And so you got Absolutely. to experience that on a totally different level. But again, these yeah. parallels are so strong. There's, the, there's a lot of fear uh, throughout that day. Um, but I, I did a lot of things. Uh, when, when I was my least fearful is when I was with my guys. That's so interesting. Uh, and I think we just ha- we have to apply that as men, yes. as Christian men. We've got to apply it every day. Yep. We can't live this life alone. Uh, we're, great, we're better in that phalanx, you know, that shield on shield, man on your brother on your left, brother mm-hmm. on your right. And, um, and you can attack life. You can, you can address the hard things of life in your own life and in others' lives, you know, better yeah. when, you're, when you're doing it with, you, with your guys. Okay. So, and I want to get to this final scene because I know where we're going to go and where we're going to crescendo with this because mm-hmm. I think this final scene for you is so important. And there's, there's really, again, just a lot of parallels for where we are in life over there. But so you, you link up with these two guys, you go back <laughs> to that same intersection. Both towers are now down. Right. Right. And so just real quickly, do you remember what was going on there at that time? What it were y'all doing? It Back to a, first aid? It was a hellscape of, I mean, everything was on fire. Adam. Every, uh-huh. Like uh, office paper everywhere on fire. Uh, my, my, at the end of the day, my pants were about three inches shorter because my pants kept catching fire. My, the soles of my shoes were all melted and malformed. Uh, uh, police cars, ambulances, gas tanks popping off, exploding. Oh, just madness. Mm-hmm. And to make a long story short, there's this, there's one fire truck. I don't know how Adam, there's one fire truck in the intersection that is not damaged. And, um, one of the guys I'm with, one of my guys says, Hey, I think we should hook up a hose to this fire truck and start putting out all these fires. And honestly, my, my first thought was that's dumb. We don't know what we're doing. The other guy says something to the effect of, well, I, I used to be a volunteer firefighter. Come on. I could figure it out. Yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? It's like, if I had time, I'd have been like, Lord, okay. All yeah. right, just do the next just thing. Just do the next thing. Just do That's the, so good. And so sure enough, I, I grabbed that hose and those two yahoos, they start, you know, playing over there on the engine like they're kids or something. And sure enough, water starts pouring out of that come thing on. and they come join me and we become this three-man amateur hour volunteer firefighter crew for what seemed like an hour. Yeah. Uh, just in the, putting out car fires and just doing the next thing in front yeah. of us. Not we're not changing the world, but we're yeah. we're we're just entering in. Just answering yeah. the bell. Answering the bell. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I love that. And and I love that you said that. Like it, it, we weren't solving the problem, 
we were just doing what we could in the moment to solve a few little problems that we're seeing. And that's better than just sitting there doing nothing. Right. right? And so it's uh, certainly better than running from problems. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So you're there for what felt like an hour. Um, and then this whole time you can't communicate with the crews. And so, I mean, 2001, let's, where was cell phone technology in 2001? You know, not for us. I mean, not everyone had one. I did not have one, but we we had these pagers, you know, those paid the texting pagers, you know, awesome. (laughs) We had those, but, but all the comms towers were on the top of the trade center. Okay. So all of that. So eventually, um, and one of the guys I was with had a handheld radio, a secret service issued radio. Yeah. I had, I had left mine in my office. Uh, <laughs> one of the things I could have used. Kinder. And um, like I said, young and dumb. Yeah. But um, we eventually got word that of a, of a, re, a rendezvous point that was okay. about nah, 30 blocks north or something. Okay. And so once uh, all the, what I say, the real firefighters kind of overtook the scene from all other parts of the city, we just kind of shrunk back. We're like, okay, what can we do next? We did a few things here and there. And then we decided to go up, yeah. uh, get in pile and now into you're, one of the your cars. your boss or leaders are calling you guys because you're going to have a new role in this mission right. now. So it's, hey, we're right. going to rendezvous. We're not giving up. We're mm-hmm. going to go get redeployed over here. Yeah, get fixed so, up. So where, where were you guys meeting? Do you remember? So we, we were at, uh, at, a, at a huge area at Chelsea Piers. I don't okay. know how familiar you are with New York City. Yeah. It's right on the Hudson River uh, where we all met and we got, you know, a change of clothes somewhat. I, I got water flushed out of everything. I got some oxygen. No, just just cuts, bruises, and scrapes. So, uh, but we looked. I mean, we were we were beat up pretty talk bad. Talk me through that room. So you walk into this room first time yeah. you're indoors. So you guys took a. Uh, how did you get up there? Did y'all walk? One of the guys' cars was nearby on the okay. street. Okay. So uh, we. That was a fourth guy actually. That I, I skipped. We ran into a fourth guy. Okay. So we all get up there, and and this is uh, this is the yeah. Kind of a, a larger point I'd like to make from this. Uh, we get some initial first aid, and we come in there, and, and I'm in a huge room. I don't even know what, what it was, really, but a huge room. And I see uh, other brothers and sisters that look like me. I mean, we were just, we were beaten and torn, and our clothes were in tatters. And like I said, I, believe it or not, I had hair at the time, and it was full of soot <laughs> and everything. And um, we just looked like hell, you know. And, and we're all wearing these suits, you know, and we're just in tatters. And, uh, but then, uh, uh, however, I look across the room and on the other side of the room was another group of, of, of colleagues. And, and I don't say this out of, out of meanness, out of yeah. spite, out of whatever, but I saw another group of colleagues, uh, and they were in clean suits, hmm. you know, they had perfect hair and shiny shoes Yeah, and they're looking across at us and I can see the expression on their faces. Like, where have you been? You know? Yeah. And of course me and all the people I'm with, we're asking the same question. Yeah, where were you? Yeah, where have you been? Yeah. So, uh, I say that. Yeah, because not not to offend, but that's but, right. But as uh, I like to make a, a bigger spiritual point out of it, which is as men of as men of God, followers of Christ, um, I just decided then and there that I'm going to spend the rest of my life uh, getting my suit dirty. I like that. Um, I wouldn't it be a shame, Adam, to punch out of this world? You don't know when that's coming. If yep. this story isn't evident of that right yep, yep. Uh, to punch out of this world in a clean suit hmm. say so, you know what that guy's a decent guy he was maybe even a nice guy yeah but he really didn't do much to advance the kingdom of god mm, yeah uh that's so now my my mission my, my big takeaway from that experience uh, that's led to my ministry is i want to inspire and equip men to spend the rest of their lives getting their suit dirty yeah and uh finding that purpose in their life that valiant purpose that's good um that 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 
that they can that they can spend the rest of their days bringing other people along, maybe even other guys along, yeah. right? Getting yeah. a group of guys and uh, and living out that purpose that God yeah. has put on their heart. And so, and this is like I hear you say that, and um, from a guy that literally in my bio when I'm introduced, if I go speak somewhere, it says Adam. Uh, enjoys baseball and golf, and other than that, general generally prefers to be indoors. Right, so that's that's me. <laughs> that's you. Okay, <laughs> that's me. Recovering right. CPA. Uh, <laughs> I'm still inspired by that. So I I have there there is nothing where I'm like ah dirty. Like what do you mean by dirty? Like do we really have to be dirty? Um, <laughs> but I hear what you're saying, and I just wanna I just wanna say that because it's like you're not telling everybody to go join the secret service, join the army, go become a volunteer firefighter, go put yourself and ins- in and insert yourself in some crazy scenario. Yeah, crazy. No. Go find crazy and then just go, right. aren't you happy I'm here? <laughs> um, cause you obviously have, I mean, I don't want to say obviously, but, um, that was a very unique day, but not every day you've had since then has been that right. <laughs> Praise God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my point is, Hey, uh, the dirty, what is the dirty? The dirty is hey, what issue in this world? Hmm grabs your heart. That's good. Stirs your soul where the Holy Spirit just says, tells you, speaks to you. That's wrong. Yeah. Or that is, there's a need there. Yeah. Or that we all have something that we are uniquely equipped to address. I love that. And it could be, I mean, you know, uh, with this, uh, for me, like a personal interest of mine is I, uh, as I potentially transition here in the new future is I want to be involved in the, in, in the, uh, you know, combating child sex trafficking. Yep. Uh, and I know that's a very, you know, very hot item right now because yep. of the um, sound of freedom and everything. Yep. Uh, it could be, it could be abortion. It could be homelessness. It could be um, education, you know, a, a deficit of, of role models in, in a community. Yep. Find it. Find what it. it, what it don't, I, I don't want people to quote, get their suits dirty on stuff they're not inspired by. Oh, uh, that's good. Just out of, yeah. uh, this, this, I should do this because it's a good thing. Yep. No, no, no. What does the Lord put on your heart? Yep. Because I guarantee you, if he's put it on your heart, if he's put a valiant purpose on your heart, he has already, the scriptures say this, he has already equipped mm. you to do the good works. I like that. And now you got to walk in them. Yeah. Right? Like like Ephesians if, Ephesians 2.10 is, is, is very clear. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, mm. what? For good works. Yes. Which we can walk in them. So, um it's just a matter of, of, of finding that, that, that purpose and using those gifts. Yeah. And I think about like, if we're just going to skate around the room for a little bit, like there's for some guys, uh, getting your suit dirty is going home and having a face-to-face conversation with your wife and just saying, Hey, how are we doing? Right. Just yeah. leaning in on that conversation. For some of you, it's getting your teenage <laughs> son and just going somewhere shoulder to shoulder and just have a conversation while you're going there and just say, how are you doing right now? For some of us, it could be, Maybe, maybe we're feeling that tug to be a little bit more vocal about our faith at work. And that would be getting oh, our suit dirty there. Maybe for some, it's like, we know we got somebody in the neighborhood that, uh, nobody's really reached out to yet. And I just need to go over there and just introduce myself. And rather than just running right in my house at the end of the night, right. take five minutes and go over there and start a friendship with that person. Cause you don't know what's going on in that that's person's right. life. And, and all of it. And that's, that's where it's like, I'm, I've been writing down all the things you're saying, like with do the next thing, find your guys that cry in the darkness to direct people towards the light. Uh, I'm least fearful when I'm with others. For some people, maybe that, like just doing something with your with your church and getting that group of guys, going through Better Man or, or joining a small group going or whatever better, it is. Intentionally inviting someone, being yeah. prayerfully and intentionally inviting, hey, guys, um, I've heard of this program. I've heard of this thing. You guys want to start a group? Hey, some guys are going to say no. Yeah. But you know what? 
the guys who are supposed to be there, supposed to uh, supposed to participate and supposed yep. to contribute, they're gonna they're gonna be there. I guarantee you, whatever it is, whatever getting dirty, I'm using air quotes here, yeah. is I guarantee you this: it's not gonna be comfortable. Hmm. It's gonna push you. Yep. And it may not even be as by the culture stand, standards as safe. Yeah. You know, it's just there's there's risk involved. Yeah. But. Um, but I, the alternative, it's so better than the alternative, as you said, punching out with the clean suit. And even like when we find our guys to even bring some of that language into when we're hanging out with one another to celebrate the, the stains that we're seeing on each other's shirts and, mm-hmm. and that, oh, look, your, your pants are three inches higher because they've gotten burned a little bit. That's right. awesome. Way to go. Right. Way to be on, on mission. What's the alternative? Well, the alternative is, is in Teddy Roosevelt's famous speech, the, the man in the arena, right? Mm. The citizen of the Republic. The, the alternative is to be... Um, his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Preach. Cold I'm so glad and you timid that souls. In. Yeah. Like that's what you don't want to be. be. And, 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 uh, one of my favorite, one of my heroes of the faith is, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Mm. And, uh, his, one of my favorite uh, quotes of his is, is this, the Christian life is less about cautiously avoiding sin and more about courageously and actively doing God's will. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, so what if a uh, better man nation, what if sin is bad, sin is evil, yeah. there's consequences to it. For yes. Sure. But what if we lived a life of courage with valiant purpose that uh, a life not focused just on cautiously avoiding sin, but actually engaged in seeking out mm. and, and courageously living out God's will. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I want to call and equip men yeah. to do. And, and here's what I love about your story, uh, Darren, is this, is that um, as amazing as your story was, there may be some people that are sitting there going, I don't have a story like that, you know, and you've got a story to steward, right? You do from, mm-hmm. that, from that day and you're stewarding it well. And, and the Lord has given you plenty of opportunities like this and others and right. to go and tell that story um, in both church context and non-church context. There's so many learnings that come from that and you're doing a great job of doing that. But I love what you'll say is that, um, that was a story of survival and your words, a little bit of luck, right? I think you say (laughs) dumb luck, (laughs) dumb dumb luck, focus on dumb. Yes. But there's a better story out there that you've got. That's not your most important story. Is it? No. What's your most important story? Like you said, that's a story of survival. Yeah. I have. And as Christian men, we all have, you have a story of salvation. Hmm. So a lot of guys would be like, Hey, where do I start? Yeah. You have a story uh, of when and how God r- ransomed and rescued you and I, right? Mm-hmm. From, from the, the power of darkness into the kingdom of light. That's right. right. Yeah. And that story is far more important. Yeah. And far, trust me, listeners out there, trust me, p- far more powerful yep. than a, a survival story about a crazy day in our nation's history. That's right. It really is. It can have such a greater impact, that story of salvation. We, as Christian men, we all have one. Yep. Yeah. So we've all got that dramatic story that is as worthy as any other guest that we've ever had on on Better Man to talk about their story. We all, that mm-hmm. story's dramatic, right? Yep. That story's dramatic. That caused uh, our salvation story, caused the heavens to stand and applaud right. uh, because there was a sinner who was found and somebody who was rescued. That's a rescue mission that doesn't make much of us. It makes much of our Savior, Jesus. And, uh, and so that's where we can start. That's one way we can get our suits dirty. Right. It's just by learning how to tell that story and being more open to tell that story to others because it's, it's powerful. Right. I mean, J- Jesus says in Matthew five, he says, uh, sermon on the Mount, I believe you are the light of the world. Hmm. 
Uh, then he goes on to say, you know, let your light shine before men. That's what we're yeah. called to do. Let your light shine before men. He continues, so that we, uh, so that they may see your good works and give glory to whom? Pat on your back to yourself. Not us. Glory to glory to me. No, glory to your Father in heaven. Amen. I mean, all men want to seek glory. Yeah. Uh, on the ball field, on the battlefield, in the corporate workspace, yeah. whatever. You know what? That doesn't. That doesn't last. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't sustain yeah. and sustaining contentment, sustaining, a, a dare I say, joy. We, the world could need a little more joy, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that's found in the, the old adage, uh, the, the secret is in the dirt, right? It's found in getting, getting yourself dirty, getting your suit dirty. Uh, not for your glory. What glory do you want to win? For the glory of God. I love it. Well, Darren, I feel like, um, man, we can go another hour because I want to know all those details, but uh, we'll have to bring you on because um, there's some really interesting uh, side stories to all that stuff. But I really thank you so much for, I know it's been 22 years. You've been telling this story for a long time. And so I have just, about the 10 year anniversaries when I started sharing that story. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm grateful. You know, you gave us a gift today to come and share this story with us. Uh, you're doing some ways to, you got some projects going on to make the story more widely available here soon That's you know, right. to a That's larger right. audience. And so how can people stay in touch with you? Yeah. Uh, my ministry right now is called the valiant ministries. Okay. okay. So the website is the valiant ministries.com. Okay. Uh, you can go there. Uh, you can click on a few links there. Um, uh, and, and connect with me that way. I, I, I like to speak, I speak at corporate gatherings. I speak at, uh, in, in more, you know, Christian gatherings, yeah. of course, uh, men's retreats, men's conferences. I mean, there's all, and it's more than this, right? Yeah. I mean, we're kind of, uh, this is the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Like you said, we could, we could go on and on with some other things, but that's the best way to contact me I, in the next six, seven months. There's some bigger things coming, uh, with my ministry. It'll, it'll, it'll change. I'll have more time to, to really devote because right now this is my, my part time. This is your side gig because you're still a secret endeavor. service agent. I'm you're still, still a secret still service in agent. The, in the secret but, service. Um, so we're looking to do some things differently, but, um, but yeah, uh, thevaliantministries.com. Awesome. Uh, my email there is darren at thevaliantministries.com. Awesome. Well, I'll put all that in the show notes sure. for those that are driving around right now and, and can't remember that. So anyway, Darren, again, thank you so much for being on the Better Man Podcast. Thank you. Darren, once again, thank you so much for coming in studio today, sharing your story with the Better Man Nation, with the Better Man audience. And I love it, like that that point that you made, Darren, or, or to me, what I'm thinking about is just this idea, find your guys... And when Darren said, I am least fearful when I am with others, that really resonated with me. It just makes me so grateful for the other men that God has put into my life since I have been following him, you know, almost, um, golly, you know, 25 years ago or so, just God's kindness to give me a group of guys to be running with. And if that's you, if you find yourself just going, yeah, I, that's probably what I need. That's my next step. Like if we're talking about just do the next thing, I think for me in my walk with Jesus, it's finding my guys, uh, trying to make sure that I've got some men that are walking through this world with me who can encourage me and who I can encourage. If that's you, I mean, listen, that's why Better Man exists. This is what we want to do. We want to help you find your guys so that you can get your suit dirty and do the next thing that's right there in front of you that the Lord has for you. So if we can help you, please, please, please go to betterman.com. Uh, we've got tons of resources out there, ways for you can, uh, you know, groups that you can join or ways for you to get connected, ways for you to bring this to your church. Uh, so go on out there. Don't waste this moment. Go out to betterman.com to learn more information. 
this episode, like every episode, was mixed and edited by the amazing team over there at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all we got for today on the Better Man Podcast. We'll talk to you again next week.